Hey, we're back. Welcome to the Relationship Burrito. This is Marcus. And I'm April. And we are back for This Is Us Part 3. The final installment, I think. I hope. Um, yeah, so this is episode 3 of This Is Us. So telling you, as I forget how to talk, um, <laughs> about our lives and, and how we are and how we got to the point we are at currently. So... As always, thank you for listening, and thank you for subscribing. If you have subscribed, and if you haven't subscribed, you should do that. So, if you are on Apple iTunes, you can go to the podcast and hit the subscribe button, and you will get notified every time a new episode pops up. Episodes are live on um, Apple iTunes and Spotify on Friday morning. So go ahead and like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Um, whether you're on iTunes or you're on Spotify, we're on both platforms. Um, also, follow us on our social medias. There are several. We've got Facebook at The Relationship Burrito. We're on Twitter at the underscore RB underscore podcast. And we're on Instagram at The Relationship Burrito Podcast. So follow us so you keep up on what is going on in the burrito. Right. <laughs> uh, well, so we're going to pick up sort of um, where we left off last time. I guess that would make the most sense, right? Um, I had just finished sharing about um, our IVF process and um, we obviously had a successful um, pregnancy and, and birth and um, Caitlin, our daughter, was born um, in April um, in April of 2009 Nine. and um, she was uh, you know, I, I I'm not going to talk about this a whole lot, but I, I was hoping to have a natural uh, birth, as in I was like, I'm not going to do an epidural, I'm not going to do anything like that, because I didn't, because she was an IVF baby, I didn't ever think that maybe I, you know, I just, in the back of my mind, I probably wasn't ever going to get pregnant again and be able to have another live birth the way that we were, were at that time. So I was trying to, uh, I really wanted just to go through everything natural and just like know what it felt like to go into labor and all those kinds of things. Well that didn't happen and so we um i'll never forget the i had i was having multiple doctor's appointments right at the end of my um pregnancy because of just different things like the baby's heart rate was not it was too fast and i was pre preeclampsia and so i went in on a wednesday it was during spring break and they said um you know, your blood pressure is really high. The baby's heart rate's too fast. And you have to sit here until that all goes down. Sit here in the clinic. So I sat there for, I don't know, probably a couple hours. And they're like, it's not going down. You need to go to the hospital. And I was like, why? I'm like, I, I felt fine. I didn't, I didn't feel like anything was wrong. Um, and they said, well, they need, they, you need to go to the hospital to be monitored there. Okay. So I call up Marcus. He's at work. And I said, I'm going to the hospital. I don't know why. I don't, I feel fine. Like I was, I'm in my mind, I still had two and a half more weeks of school to teach. And, um, I hadn't started my sub plans or anything like that. And so, uh, he got concerned and said, uh, should I leave work and, and, uh, come now? And I said, no, I said, I don't even know why I'm going to the hospital. I'm not going to stay there. And so he, um, he, he did not leave work. Um, but turned Turns out I never left the hospital. Um, we were there for what six days, I think, um, because we ended up um, the doctors 
decided that um, I wasn't going to have <laughs> the birth that I wanted going to labor. Um, I was I ended up having a C-section. So I went in on Wednesday. We had the C-section on Saturday morning, and Caitlin was born um, seven minutes after the C-section started. So, um, and she just came flying into the world, and she was tiny. Do you remember how many ounces she weighed, or how many pounds and ounces she weighed, Marcus? Yeah, I was. I was there. I know. I was there. You were probably more there than I was, because at that point I wasn't. I was under a lot of drugs. <laughs> no, I was there. She was four pounds, eleven ounces. She was a tiny, tiny baby. Yep. So um, that was one of the reasons they took her out. Yeah. That she was tiny, but also, like they said the placenta was breaking down yeah. and she wasn't going to be able to breathe, so she came out early, a couple weeks. Yeah, but she was actually considered full term but they just decided that and I told them my wishes I really want to go into labor I really want this so they said they could start the I can't remember the name of the drug is um, I know you people out there are listening Pitocin Pitocin maybe yeah um, they said well if you start that drug because I wasn't even dilated I was a zero uh, they said if you start that drug you'll probably be in labor for three days and there's a good chance she won't even survive that and so I was like well we don't we walk and I looked at each other we don't want that we want our baby to survive we went through all this for nine months and of course we want our baby to survive so we opted for the c-section and um that's how our daughter came into the world as we know it <laughs> so uh, after that we we you know we um our, our life was pretty just normal i guess i don't know we just went back to work i mean i had since she was born in april and i didn't even go back to school that year i was off um for 12 weeks i think because i had a c-section and then i think i went back the last day of school to check my room out and then i was off the whole summer so i didn't even um i didn't have to go back to school which was kind of nice and then life just kind of carried on we didn't there wasn't a whole lot that went on um like major revelations or anything <laughs> um but we were starting to feel like it was time to maybe leave las vegas well before that um the i got laid off so the job that afforded us the opportunity to pay for this expensive procedure to have uh caitlin um we, we were in the middle of the economic downturn, the recession that was happening, and I managed to survive at my job for two years into the recession. And finally, I was laid off about um, almost a year and a half after Caitlin was born. Um, and we were in a, like I said, a terrible, terrible recession, and we were in Las Vegas, and Vegas got hit pretty hard. Um, I think at that point, the unemployment rate was around 12%, so there wasn't a lot of jobs to be had, and I was out of work for two years, basically, almost mm -hmm. two years. Um, I became Mr. Mom, and I stayed home yep. uh, with Caitlin and took care of her while April went and worked as a teacher, so we were thankful and blessed that she had that uh, teaching job, um, so we were able to... Um, with unemployment and her teaching salary, we were able to make it through, plus our savings that we had. Uh, we were able to survive those um, two years, and I got to hang out with Caitlin at home and get her potty trained and <laughs> watch Elmo and <laughs> Caillou and all those other things that kids love. Caillou's awful. <laughs> 
Marcus hates Caillou. Caillou is awful. He's just a whiny, whiny kid, kid in the world. Yeah. Um, so Caillou was Caitlin banned after a while. Though. He was banned after a while. But <laughs> so we're two years after Caitlin was born. Um, we, well, yeah, two years after Caitlin was born. I was out of work for those two years. Um, so I was at home. I was starting to feel um, what. My the my the principal that I worked for at my school was it was a tough she was a tough lady to work for and there was many times where I was just felt very unhappy at the at the school and I um, she had very high expectations of teachers and very unrealistic expectations often and um, it was very it was just a very stressful environment um, I loved my coworkers it was there was nothing I would ever say badly about my coworkers. It was just the administration that was just made it very hard. And if you're a teacher and you know about administration, you know that there's good administration and there's not so good administration. And I worked for both. And um, it was just, it was a really tough time. And I just wasn't feeling the job very much anymore. So, and then with Marcus being laid off, we just kind of started thinking and probably me more than him. Um, maybe it's time to head back to Minnesota. So our first attempt of doing that was um well, I don't remember what year it was but um 2010 maybe I don't remember but we went back yeah. for a summer and we packed up our house and um I think it was that the summer we, did we put everything into a storage unit that summer yep and we said we're just gonna go back for the summer I um I applied Marcus helped me apply for many jobs I had some interviews um we stayed at my mom and dad's house, saw lots of family, did family things, um, and got back to the... But I never resigned from my job in Las Vegas and got to the end of the summer and nothing happened. I was... No jobs became available. And so we went back to Las Vegas and worked for another year. Found a new place to live and did another year. Then we did the same thing again the next summer, <laughs> which... What's up with that, that we didn't pack up? We didn't pack up this time. time. Yeah, we kept the house that we were living in um, and renting and said, if we get the job, we'll come back and pack up the house. And, um, and then we will, you know, move permanently or move back to Minnesota. So second year in a row of trying that. Once again, did not happen. But this year, that year, that summer, we, um, Marcus had a, a brilliant idea to start a business. And we started a business called Paid in Creative Designs. And we made all sorts of things. We made soap and body, body butter and lotion and chapstick. And I got a bunch of different things. And we went to the local uh, fairs and sold yeah. Our wares yeah. <laughs> at these fairs to hair bows, and hair bows, yep, um, bunch of different things, and just to try to earn some extra money and cash and keep ourselves busy in between interviews and whatnot. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. I had some good memories from from doing those fairs. Met a lot of people, a lot of other vendors and things like that. Um, we met. Um, we went all the way up. We went all the way up north to um, Malax. No, not Malax. Um, oh. Goodness, Grand Marais, Grand Marais, which is almost as north in Minnesota as you can get. <laughs> um, but anyways, it's, we did a, a fair up there. But anyways, um, 
and we had fun doing it but still that second summer we still did not I did not get a job so we went back to Las Vegas and went through another school year and the next summer rolled around and I was done I was like we are leaving Las Vegas I am I am I don't care I'm not coming back so uh, this time we actually did move we said we're not coming back no matter what so um, we we sort of <laughs> what do you mean sort of <laughs> well we went and then it got time to we got closer to the time where we needed to go back and then it was decided that we would stay so then the week that we or the time we decided to stay is when you got the interviews the long term yeah. job with St. Cloud yep. so then we had to yeah, go, go back, back and, and pack up the whole mm-hmm. house and um, so we left Caitlin with your parents hopped on a plane flew back to Vegas packed up the whole house got back to Minnesota in a week yeah that was a crazy crazy time it was a lot <laughs> a lot of stress again but that's just the way that 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 week went but i um that's what we do we yeah, like stress we like stress <laughs> we hate moving but we do it a lot um yeah i remember i had two interviews on the same day one was for um Edina Public Schools and it was just a long term there was no there was just no jobs and me being gone for so long I, I felt I mean my family is somewhat known in Minnesota for our music and what we've done there um and so, but I'd been gone for so long that people just didn't really know my name anymore. And I just, I mean, it, sometimes it just helps to know people, you know, when you're trying to get a job. So um, I had a, I had a, um, an interview and I thought I'll just be a sub and hopefully someday I'll get a job that, you know, I can work myself, myself into. So I got hired in Edina as a super sub. I'd be the first to be called for a job um, every morning, and um, I think that was I think I got paid a little bit more than just like a, a regular sub. But I was a, I was considered a super sub because I had teaching experience. Um, but later that same day, I had a job interview up in St. Cloud, uh, and they um, they said, you know, we'll, we'll get back to you. Well, Diana let me know the same day that they wanted to hire me. St. Cloud said we have to go, you know, you have to go through all the um, background checks and stuff. That's going to be a couple of days before we can let you know. Okay, so in the meantime, I accepted the Dyna job because they needed something and um, started going through, I had to go through new teacher training, new teacher orientation. Um, and so I made it through a day and a half of that and I got a call from St. Cloud and they said, we want to hire you. <laughs> and I was like, okay, but I already accepted this other job. So uh, I called Marcus and we talked it over and I, we just decided that this job in St. Cloud, which was also just a long-term sub job, um, was going to be a better fit for us just because it was me teaching orchestra and um, I was going to be te- paid at a regular teacher salary and it included benefits, which was, I wasn't going to get that in Edina. So I went down to the HR office and said, I got to do this the right way just in case I ever come back to Edina. But I said, I just got offered a different job and I need to resign. And they were very more more than happy for me. They said that you should take this other job. This is really what you want to do. Because I was going to teach orchestra and that's what I had been doing. So that is in the long of the short of how we got to St. Cloud. But do you want to fill in how that first year went? <laughs> Well, sort of. I mean, 
we were living in Apple Valley, which is in southern Minnesota. And actually, we were living in April's parents' basement. And, you know, it's always fun to move back home. Um, so we were all living there while we were figuring out what we were going to do. I was working as a real estate assistant in Minneapolis. And then April got her job in St. Cloud, which is an hour and a half north of Minneapolis. And so we had to decide <clears throat> how that commute was going to work. So um, April's mother has a cousin who happens to live in St. Cloud, and they had a guest room. So April lived in the guest room in St. Cloud the whole school year. Mm-hmm. And Kaylin and I lived in Apple Valley in the basement. So Sunday through Thursday, April would be in St. Cloud. Then after school on Friday, she would drive down to Apple Valley and be with us Friday, Saturday, and part of Sunday and go back home. And so she did that for the whole school year. Um, so she got to be free. Um, <laughs> I felt like a single woman. It was very odd. It was a very odd feeling coming home home wasn't my home even um and you know i would spend time with my mom and my mom's cousin and her husband and they're 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 older and they their children are grown and married and don't even you know they don't live at home so it's just me and them and um, we would you know sit down and cook dinner together and eat together and then i would just they would watch you know the news and <laughs> it was it was a very slow slow week basically just because there wasn't a lot of exciting things happening but um yeah i definitely looked oh, forward but you got to do stuff i did i mean i i was on the bowling team for a couple <laughs> a couple of months and yeah it was it was for me it was it was nice i guess in some ways just because i didn't have responsibility i mean i had responsibilities i just couldn't take care of my responsibilities because they were an hour and a half away from me so um and I, that's not to say I did not miss them because I really honestly did miss my husband and my my daughter those five days that I was away from them. But, boy, did I look forward to Friday evenings when I would get off and leave school as quick as I could so I could get home and spend as much time with Caitlin and Marcus um, Friday night, all of Saturday, all of Sunday before I had to hop back in the car and drive back to St. Cloud for the following week. So that was a tough year living apart, Um, but it can be done. And I know people do it all the time. I, you know, I hear about these military families where we live now who are deployed and it's not even like they're an hour and a half away. They are hours away sometimes. And it's just, it's crazy, but it is, you know, if you have good communication with your spouse or your significant other, um, there is ways to live apart, just hopefully not long-term. Right. So, yeah, so she was up there. Kaylin and I was down south, and so I would work and get Kaylin. Uh, Grandma would take care of Kaylin for the first half of the day, then take her to uh, daycare, and she'd hang out there. And then I would pick her up after work, get her home, feed her. This is still pre. She wasn't in school yet. Yeah. She was only three. And then so um, I got a job as a kick decorator instructor so i was working two jobs um so i would teach people how to decorate cakes um at night and then i worked my day job and then come home and uh hang out with caitlin and so that went on for that whole year um one of the things you're going to learn about marcus as you listen to these podcasts is that he is a jack of all trades so now we've heard one of his exciting jobs i mean he real estate was was 
not all that exciting for you, but I, I think you looked forward to your kick. Real estate decorating. was very exciting. I I, <laughs> I liked my job at real estate. It was a it was a good small company and good people, and I enjoyed the job. But did um, you look forward to your cake decorating nights? I mean, it was fun. It was just it was a creative outlet. It was nice, you know, teaching other people how to do something and see them get excited when they figured out whatever process we were going through and then you know sometimes i had to do demonstrations and stuff like that so that was fun um you got to eat cake yeah you gave them away yeah um like the year before when we lived in vegas and i was taking classes all of your teacher friends got all the cakes we got we had a lot of cake so i sent them all to school (laughs) and they got them but um so you know i like i haven't done i haven't decorated a cake in a long time i've just things have changed time has gotten busier and i don't have time to decorate cakes but um it was fun and it was fun teaching other people so i did that um for that whole year that we were apart and then sometime that summer or maybe it was before school ended mm-hmm. you got the job permanently yes they offered me a permanent position the person i was subbing for um did not come back to her job and so she i, I was able to um take her job permanently and i was offered that job to stay on in st cloud and so then we were able to all move to st cloud and be together so we actually for, I think that's the longest we ever lived in one house, isn't it? The house we lived in, St. Cloud? Yeah. So, so we moved to St. Cloud August, July, August. Sometime, yeah. 2013. Um, Caitlin was four, and we were in a new town again mm-hmm. where we didn't know anybody. Know anybody except for my mom's uh, cousin, and after cousin. that, we didn't see them very often. Yeah. So. And so... Um, so I still have my job in Minneapolis, so I commuted every, well, almost every day uh, for the first year or so. I commuted almost every day, so I'd drive, I'd get up um, early, in the early yeah. take Kaylin to school, because by then she was in Montessori school, mm-hmm. drop her off at Montessori school, drive down to Minneapolis, work, leave drive back to St. Cloud to pick Caitlin up by 2.30 and then go home. It had to be 2.30 because we were late Then they charged you extra. Um, <laughs> yeah, I love daycare. <laughs> so I had to make sure I was back by 2.30. So I had early days. I dropped her off, I think at 7, 7, 7.30. Drove down, drove back, and then yep. sometimes I did work at home if necessary. Um, and then April was working. Were you no, you were at three schools that that first year, that, yeah. I, year. I taught it was itinerant teaching at three different schools. Not I would um not every single day was it at all three schools, but some days I was at one school and then some other days some days I was at two schools. But yeah, that was uh, my first experience with that because in Las Vegas I was at the same school all seven years we were there, I was at the same school all day long. So becoming a traveling teacher after being used to sitting in one classroom all day became it was a little bit it was hard to get used to at first, but you know, you just you just do it and you adapt and you learn not to fill your bag up with stuff because your shoulder starts to hurt and i think at some point you actually you got me a, a rolling bag too i think so because I, I was like oh my arms are hurting so bad too much to carry <laughs> you're like let's get you a rolling bag and i'm like thank you so yeah so we you know, we lived there and um 
we met a couple of our neighbors who were uh, mm-hmm. very nice people. Um, there was a couple behind us that had two girls, and Caitlin was sort of sandwiched in between the two of them. It's age-wise, yeah. Age-wise. One was older, one was younger, so she had friends in the neighborhood yep. to play with. Um, and then our next-door neighbors, um, just you know, older, nice, nice older couple um, that we saw out in the yard. And so... Um, yeah. The Minnesota nice treated us well got in some, our neighborhood. Got some nice people there. Um, yeah, we really started to become kind of established and like meet, yeah, meeting people and. Um, and we, you know, we enjoyed we, it. Uh, church hopped again. And again, we had to find a new church. Um, and we went to a couple of churches. Um, we went to a church in a movie theater. Um, they met in the movie theater every week, and. Um, that didn't. It was okay. It, it didn't quite fit for us. Um, and then we ended up in a church in um, a city called Sartell. It's the Waters Church, um, and I think they had just expanded mm-hmm. that section when we went there. Um, and we went there a couple of times. We went, left, went back, left again, went back, left again. Um, and then the third or fourth time, it sort of stuck. That, uh, you know, this it felt more home. Yeah, it was a church we finally walked into. We're like, this feels like family. Like, we, the pastor would stand at the door every Sunday and shake your hand on the way in and on the way out and say, "Hey, we're so glad you came." And um, you know, so if you, if that's like something that's important to you, that's you know, you look for those kinds of things that you feel like you're going to be included. People care about you. They are genuinely interested in who you are. Um, so that we felt pretty immediately going to that church. It was just something that stuck out to us. People were very friendly and very um, just in- interested in who you immediately. were. Yeah. After the third time. Well. <laughs> no. Okay. It's a good church. No. So if you yeah. were in the St. Cloud area and you were looking for a church, the Waters Church in Sartell, Minnesota is a great place. Um, they're very family-oriented, very kid-oriented. Um, they've got great... Uh, leaders at the church. They've got great kids pastors. So they've got something for everybody at the church. Mm -hmm. So if you need a place to go, that is my plug for a church in the area. Go to the waters. Yeah, so after a couple of times of, you know, going and um, we would hear about this meeting that they would have um, at the pastor and his wife. They would open up their home called The Entry. And Marcus and I, you know, I think we went through a few months of, like, hearing about this because they did it once a month. Excuse me. And they would say if you want to come learn more about the church and meet us on a more personal level we would love to have you over for dinner at our house and i thought that's that's a pretty cool i think we both were like that's kind of a neat neat opportunity so we signed up and we showed up on the night that it was scheduled and a couple with some other um families i still remember you know still we actually became kind of good friends with some of the other families that um showed up that night and um it was uh, fun, and you have a funny story about who you thought the pastor's wife was. <laughs> Just, uh, do you want to share that or no? No. No? Okay. <laughs> if you want to know the story about that, you'll have to message Marcus. But um, but anyways, so, but that was our first meeting with the worship pastor. And um, we, you know, he found out that... Um, I played the violin. He's like, well, 
can you do you have like a video or something that you could show me and I was like well I sure and so I actually pulled up myself on Facebook playing at our church back in Las Vegas and said this is the last time I played in in church and He's like, wow, that's really good, you know. And he's like, would you want to maybe, like, play on the worship team at, at church? And I was like, I guess. You know, I didn't really. No, stop <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, sure. No, no, I wasn't like, I was I was like, sure, I'd, you know, I'd like to I'd like to play. And I hadn't played for quite a while. So it was, I was, um, my first time playing, I was really nervous. I was, I was, because I hadn't been on stage in front of people in quite a while. And Now, you're leaving out. A key part of this story. <laughs> I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> well, you've already told them. So he already you knows can, the story. So you can share with the people. Uh, well, so at the meeting, or at this dinner at the pastor's house, they had, you know, we ate dinner, and then we all sat around and kind of introduced ourselves, and the pastors were all there and introduced themselves. And when it got to the worship pastor, or I, I just kind of was observing him as they were all going around and he was on his phone the entire time and I was like rude you know as Caitlin would say rude and I just thought does this guy not have anything I mean he must have something better to do if he's just like on his phone the whole time um but that was so I just thought he was kind of like out I don't know I just I don't know (laughs) I just didn't think he was like interested at at, you know being there but come to find out later on that is just who he is he's very you know he's still listening but he just is kind of he's on his phone um a lot i don't know (laughs) but anyways so that was my first my first experience with him but we have come to love their family and they are great people so um yeah so we we i started playing on the worship team pretty regularly um i think they had me scheduled like every week for quite a while and got to the point where I'm like I think I need to go every other week because I was it was getting kind of busy because I was still working and then the weekends were that three services at the church so we were there quite a bit on the weekends and then Marcus eventually got sucked into the tech team and media and, and started working with them and well I mean I volunteered they didn't just suck me in I yeah didn't. but you got sucked in no <laughs> But we had, we started to really bond with people, make great friends there. Um, you know, we, we were given more responsibilities as, you know, time um, went on with, you know, our work with the church. And so um, we, but we really enjoyed our time there. And Caitlin really thrived there as well and made some really great friends and was involved with the kids ministry and um so yeah so that's that is kind of how we what our our church life was like and it was it became a very big part of our life like we did anything and everything they offered we were there <laughs> and we were always we helped shut the church down every sunday like we were like one of the last people to leave always just because we just enjoyed being around with the people and the conversations and the family atmosphere so yeah, yeah. But. so yep so we were there um a second year in st cloud caitlin's in elementary school so it's mm-hmm. a big deal now yep um and they have a, a Chinese immersion program in St. Cloud. Um, and so she was involved in that. So for kindergarten through fourth grade, she was in Chinese immersion. 
at school. So that meant 85% of her day was in Chinese. The only classes she didn't have in Chinese was music, art, and gym. Everything else was done in Chinese. And so she made a lot of good friends there. Um, and they still talk and communicate online uh, now as we are down here. But um, that was a good time for her. Um, and we just thought, you know, as the world continues and grows, we'll do a lot with China. And business-wise, um, professional, personal, I think we'll just have more interactions with China. And so we put her in the Chinese immersion program there, and it was very good. Um, she learned Chinese, and she made some good friends, and mm -hmm. um, yeah, so those things went well. It was a struggle for us, though, because we don't speak. We don't know Chinese. We don't know any Chinese, and so she'd bring the homework home. We're like, we don't know. We just shrug our shoulders like, good luck. But... I mean, I mean, the one thing we could help her with was when she had to write her characters. We're like, that one does not look like the one that they printed on the paper. Try again. So, but anyways, but yeah, everything was in Chinese, and that was, it was a lot of fun. It was fun to hear. I mean, I, parent conferences were always fun because the teacher would speak to speak in Chinese to Caitlin, and you, Caitlin would speak back to her. We had no clue what they were saying. Um, yeah. And then, but then, the, I mean, the, the the teacher spoke English too, so she would translate. Caitlin just said this, and we were talking about that. And, you know, so she would, they would share with, you know, us during parent-teacher conferences what, you know, was going on, what was working, what wasn't working. But, um, yeah. It was very so, fascinating. I yeah. remember kindergarten year, I went to pick her up early. I think she had a doctor's appointment or something. And we were maybe, this is December, so maybe three months into the school year. And I remember we, I went to her class to get her, and her teacher speaking in Chinese to her. And, you know, they're only three months in, so they don't know a lot of Chinese, but they were, like, talking to each other in Chinese. And I was like, I have no idea what they're saying. But, I mean, she knew it already. She knew part a little bit, about three months. And then the other thing I remember is third grade. Um, at the school, they had um, Chinese interns. They would come from China or Taiwan and spend the whole year at school um, helping the students. And so I was the um, parent coordinator for the Chinese um, interns. And so I would bring them to the school before school started, show them around, introduce them to the teachers and things like that. So they sort of have their bearings um, about what was happening before school started. So I've got the interns with me and Caitlin's with me and we're going around the school. And so we get over to the third grade wing um, where Caitlin's teacher is and um, they're all there. And then Caitlin introduces herself to her teacher. I introduced the interns to the students. Um, to the, I mean, they introduced the interns to the teacher. And then all of a sudden, they start talking, all four of them. There's two interns, there's Caitlin, and there's a the teacher. And they start talking to each other, and then they all look at me. And I'm like, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. And Caitlin says, they asked if I could stay in color. Yeah, we really tried to uh, encourage her to speak in Chinese as much as possible. In fact, we took two trips to Disney World, and I think some of my favorite memories are from going to Epcot. And when we would go to China, we would um, we would find. Um, well, we, the first time we went there, we found him a very friendly, um, he was from Hong Kong, I think, but yep. he still spoke, um, well, he knew Mandarin Chinese. Yep. Um, and he 
you know, Caitlin was Caitlin first grade the first time we went. I think she was very, very shy and like just did not want to. We're like, was second grade? I don't know. First or second grade. But anyway, she was so shy. And she I, she was more afraid that she was going to make a mistake saying or speaking in Chinese. And so she really didn't want to to speak. However, this very friendly man, his name was, um, I'm sure he had a, um, a Chinese name, but his name tag said Harry. Harry. <laughs> I always call him Gary. No, it's Harry. Harry. Very nice he, man. Yes. Uh, he got down on Caitlin's level and just spoke to her and was very kind to her and you know I think he just probably asked her if she was enjoying Disney and it was all in Chinese and we don't I don't know for sure and she would just shake her head yes or shake her head no and sometimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we're like Kate we were like Marcus and I were like Caitlin no. say something in Chinese but, but he would make her yeah. no, well, not make her but he would ask her he questions would, yeah so she would have to answer that had a response and he spent like a half an hour yeah. just talking to her he was just an employee at one of the stores there and but he was just a friend just a friendly friendly yeah. man and um it was we were excited because we went back a second time to disney um was it two years later and of course we we spotted out um china and epcot again and guess what harry was still Harry's working there, there. Yeah. and he remembered caitlin he remembered um her from a couple years ago and we were like well she's still in chinese and she's still shy so she still wouldn't talk to him hardly but um she you know we would always bribe her like well if you do this if you go talk to the people in in china we'll, we'll buy this for you so <laughs> She, she would always have to work her nerve up to, but she she still had a conversation with with him in um, the two years later when we went and it was just it was a lot of fun to to um, to see her use her Chinese that way but yeah yeah so yeah so that was another thing that was we were I mean Marcus more than I was was very involved with you were on the Chinese PTA for quite a while and we were the intern um, coordinator we even had an intern um, for a year and at our house and um, so that was just a that was a big part of our life while we were in St. Cloud big part of our life um and then you also um, started a nonprofit organization um, while we lived in St. Cloud, which you were very involved with. I mean, you helped start it. So um, you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, it started, and it, I can't take credit for it. It was um, a friend of ours, um, Sarah. Um, our kids were in Chinese immersion program together. Um, her s- oldest son and Caitlin were in the same class together. And um, she had heard that the school that the uh, program was in had a large um, lunch debt um, because the school was 70% uh, free or reduced lunch. Um, and that's with the Chinese immersion. We took the Chinese immersion out, it'd be closer to like 85%. Um, so she had heard that the school had a large lunch debt. And so she and her husband just decided that they were going to see if they could raise the money to pay off the lunch debt by Christmas. And so she just put a thing out on Facebook. Uh, people donated money and they got it paid off. And, and had money left over, so if it happened in the future, they would have money to pay it off. And the principal there um, was very grateful. Now, Sarah's doing this while she's pregnant. I mean, she's ready to have a baby any day, but she, she was leading the charge on this. Um, and then the principal, very grateful, and um, they said, you know, if there's anything else we can do, let us know. And she said, well, you know, uh, we do have the lunch thing, but... There's a bigger issue of um, 
um, food insecurity. And something that we didn't know um, because, you know, the Chinese immersion program was in the school, but it was sort of like a separate school within the school. So we didn't really know unless she got involved about other things. And so I was involved in the regular PTA as, as well as the Chinese PTA. But still, I didn't even know um, that a lot of students in the school didn't have food at home. And so their meal at school was the only time they ate during the day. And so on weekends, long weekends, um, long breaks, Holidays. Yeah. they some students just didn't have food. And so Sarah called me, um, Helen and Suzanne and said, hey, um, I've we've got this thing. We've got this issue that we at, at the school and we want to see what we can do about it. So we got together at a Starbucks um, one day and um, they had all their littles that we've only got the one and she was in school so she wasn't there with me but uh, we met and we talked about what was going on and um, the obstacles um, they had talked to several different organizations and they said yeah we know about the issue there's nothing we can do about it and so we sort of laid, she sort of laid out the um, the facts of the case and said um, you know, it's a, a great, lot of work yeah it's a great need and too. he said well um, there's a lot of work to do and I don't know if we can do anything about it but let's try so we started this organization it's called uh, St. Cloud Fact um, it is Fact F-A-C-T Feeding Area Children Together and another plug I'm plugging them all today another plug today <laughs> um Go to the website, stcloudfact.org, and check out the work that's going on there. And if you've got some extra dollars to donate, uh, do that. Because, you know, $20 can feed a kid for an entire month and provide enough meals for one kid to eat on the weekends and long breaks for an entire month. Uh, so stcloudfact.org and uh, give them some money. And if you can't do that, um, designate them as your uh, organization on Amazon. Every uh, Amazon Smile, every Amazon purchase that you make on Amazon Smile, they will get a portion of the proceeds to continue uh, the work they're doing. So the four of us, we got this organization going. Um, and I, Suzanne and um, Sarah did a lot more work than I did, um, but um, we were able to start. We were initially we were going to start at Madison at the school that our kids went to um, to get this thing going, but another school had an even larger need. There was over ninety percent free or reduced lunch, and so we. Um, started there with the help of the United Way, and we started um, fact packs, which are feeding their children together. They're just packages of food. Um, Suzanne did a great job on the menu in terms of it's not junk food. Uh, we noticed, and not to disparage any food because you know we're feeding kids we're feeding kids but uh, we noticed that a lot of food had a lot of um, 
junk, for lack of a better word. Uh, a lot um, of sugary, sugary and things. And so Suzanne food, and um, a nutritionist, they worked hard on a menu um, to make sure kids got nutritious food. Um, the only thing um, that may have been a little high was sodium, but um, that's what happens in uh, packaged foods. But uh, they worked very hard on menus, and so they had vegetables, they had fruits, um, they had proteins. One thing that I was found impressive with um, the food that you're sending home it was it was very accessible for a kindergartner to open up packages. They didn't necessarily need silverware to eat the food. It was you know you can use your fingers. Um, or if it was, you know, something that they needed help with, it was very easy. It wasn't something they needed to cook. They could, like, um, they could put in a microwave easily yeah. to heat up whatever really, it was. Mac and cheese was the only thing, thing that they had to heat up. That really. required to be heated. Everything else could be eaten cold if you needed to. But, but they had pull tops, so you didn't need can openers. Um, they had little cups of veggies um, mm-hmm. with plastic over the top. Um, so a lot of thought was put into it. Suzanne did a lot of work. And um, also, it was very sensitive. To to um, the different religious um, right because St. Cloud has a large Somali, Somali population, population so, so Muslim um, <coughs> it was very um, safe for them um, we had peanut safe foods yeah um, just very very conscientious with how the food is packaged and what was going in each bag and then we had great volunteers we called uh, food fairies who mm-hmm. and sometimes I was a food fairy um, we would go over to the school and while the kids were doing something else, whether they're at lunch or they're at recess or gym, they were just away from the class. And so um, we would go to the school and we would put the packs into their backpacks in their lockers while they were away. And one, you know, it's always nice to get a little package in your backpack. But two, we did that because we didn't want any kid to feel embarrassed or less than that they had to have food to bring home. So we did it when the kids were not around, no one saw us doing it. Um, so it kept their dignity intact. It was just a, a fun little thing to drop a mm-hmm. bag of food in their backpacks. And so um, the meals covered enough food for when they were not in school during the school year. So um, a normal week, they got um, two breakfasts, two lunches, and two snacks. And that covered Saturday and Sunday while they were not in school. And then if it was a three-day lunch, a week, then a three-day break, then they got three days. And then during the Thanksgiving or winter, or during winter and spring break, we did um, break boxes where families could come in and get food for their entire family. To, More fresh food that, that yeah. was donated, like eggs and vegetables eggs and, and bread and things and like that. F- fruits and things yeah. like that. Um, and so it is an organization I am very proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are still going strong in St. Cloud. It's amazing to see the work that they are doing now and how mm-hmm. many schools they are servicing. Yeah. And well, we started at one and now they are at several schools. That They've got the break boxes, they've got the fact packs, and then they've got pantries at some of the schools. So yep. if kids are hungry at school, they can go down to the nurses or not nurses, the counselor's office and grab a snack or something. Yep. Um, and the whole goal is to, and the motto, uh, you know, reducing childhood hunger in central Minnesota. That is the goal of FACT. Um, and they do great work. Um, I know uh, Suzanne uh, stepped back a little bit. And so Sarah and Helen are continuing the work and they are doing a great job and uh, keeping the organization going and um, expanding to other schools. 
And so, yeah, so it was a... One, I a wanted to add one thing, too, just from a teacher's perspective. Um, and sometimes people on the outside don't know this, but if you're... An, but you know what it feels like to be hungry. Maybe not as hungry as some of these kids are, but you know when you're hungry, it's hard, you're, it's hard to concentrate. Um, for some children, they don't know how to express that sometimes, and so it comes out in their behavior at school. And so while some people might just look at this kid as being a naughty kid or a bad kid, um, it really might just be that they're hungry and they don't really have a way to tell you, like, I'm hungry. And so the way that they show you is through their behavior. Um, so that's like just from a teacher's perspective, it's just so awesome that these kids are not hopefully they're not having those hunger pang pangs all day at school, which is causing them to have a hard time concentrating, focusing on their learning. So if your tummy is full, now you don't have to focus on that. You can focus on your math and your English and your, you know, your science homework rather than your tummy growling <laughs> yeah. so, or going home and wondering what you're going to eat too. So, yeah. So. Eventually, we got to the school where our kids were. Uh, actually, the next year, we got to the school where our kids were. And so we started providing meals there. Um, and a big part of it was the administration and teachers were on board. They were helpful. They were getting kids signed up. Um, and it was totally free. They didn't have to pay for anything. Everything is run on donations. There are no government grants or funds. Everything is strictly ran on donations to provide meals um, for these kids. And so churches are getting involved. Um there are matching grants. There's a matching grant right now going on, $7,000. Um, they got $7,000. They raised another $7,000. That gets them $14,000. So, um, yeah. great organization, stcloudfact.org. Check out the website. Uh, donate some money. Like I said, $20 will get you enough meals for one month to feed one kid. Speaking, um, speaking of food, one thing I forgot, Marcus and I, it's, we haven't done it for a few years, so it kind of slipped my mind, but um, while you were raising money and doing that, we were also running another organization on Saturdays called Bountiful Baskets, which became a, was a pretty big part of our, our family and our, um, our ties to the community as well. So Bountiful Baskets is um, sort of like a co-op. I mean, it is a co-op. It's sort of like a, a farm share. Or, is that what they call them? Farm shares, I think. Um, but we would advertise um, for, through, you know, for Bountiful Baskets that came out of Arizona. And uh, every Saturday, the people who had ordered a basket would come and pick up their vegetables and fruits. And we did that just because we it's something we learned about in Las Vegas. Vegas, and we just kind of carried it on. We had done, done some training and um, uh, were able to start our own. And so we did that. And that was just another way that we really got tied to the community because we met a lot of people <laughs> through Bountiful Baskets. Um, we had, and it was, that also was a completely volunteer run thing and so every Saturday we would you know we would say all right we need some volunteers because they the baskets didn't come prepackaged we had to break down the boxes and know how many bananas and how many pears and oranges and whatever else we were getting that week we're going to go into each basket so we had volunteers and we just met a lot of people through that way and so um, that was another tie to the community that we had all this to say is that we were very Tied to St. Cloud, we had a lot going on in St. Cloud. Yeah. We loved our life in St. Cloud. We things were, were going, invested. things were going great in St. Cloud. Yep, we had the couples, yeah, life couple. group at, at the waters. Yep, we um, sort of took that over and did we're doing yeah. monthly events. We yep. just go hang out. We go bowling. We have movie night. We go to Applebee's for half price apps. Um, 
Yeah, we really. had salsa night, which was exciting. We all learned how to salsa um, from a great group, a, a couple, couple mm-hmm. out of Minneapolis. Um, they uh, run a church down there called One Reason Church. They also have a dance studio because uh, the pastor... Um, is from Latin descent and he used to teach salsa so he they teach classes down during the week and then they have church services on Sunday so he would him and his wife would come up and uh, we did it twice we had salsa on uh, during Valentine's Day weekend mm-hmm. and yeah we had we just had a good time and then um, we had a um, staycation couples retreat um, where we had a two-day um, event where we just um, you know had some fun had some learning um, from our pastor uh, pastor Doug um, and then some video, some video teaching yeah. from um, uh, Mike Foster and mm-hmm. his wife out of California and we just had some fun and games and that was really giveaways. Le- good learning experience for Marcus and I too, because we had never we've never planned a retreat or you know some people might have called it a, a marriage conference. Um, and so that was like you know Marcus and I have learned to work together in many different ways, and I don't think that doesn't mean we don't fight or don't uh, you know we don't have disagreements or arguments about things. I don't fight. <laughs> you don't fight fair. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, but we yeah we we had uh, it was a great it was a great event yeah um and then where we had seventy five couples yeah I mean we really didn't know and I don't think the church really knew either like should we plan for about twenty couples we're like uh we hope twenty mm-hmm. show up we had yeah. no idea how many people were going to show up and I but guess yeah, that just tr- goes to have good marketing yeah well I mean and the church was very invested in it so it didn't cost anything and the church paid for yes, everything that also helped a um, free event there were some books that you could purchase that went along with the um, the videos but the church covered uh lunch and everything that went into um the event and so it was a good time it was a success i thought Mm -hmm. um and um, it worked out well and you know we may have mentioned before previously i don't know um there's been so many of these it's number six now so it's been so many um we've just always had a heart for couples and so it was just sort of right up our alley of, of where we were um heading or in terms of ministry and what we thought was where we were um going into and i think we thought we'll, we'll probably do this on a yearly of um a yearly basis this is something that was successful and is much needed many times um couples are going through life and they don't know that they need help or some encouragement just because they're stuck or they're you know they just somehow sometimes you just don't know you need help and so we're you know through that event we hope that some and we had several people reach out to us that said this is just what we needed at this time in our in our relationship and so um i think we at that time we thought this is probably going to be a yearly event something we'll plan every year and make it bigger and better every year yep and so we're fully entrenched in st cloud um we're involved in stuff we're doing things and then a bomb dropped. Well, I me. <laughs> I mean, I just started feeling like it was time to do something else. It was time to move on. It was time to do something else. And I didn't know what that was. And I guess we're sort of confused about it because we were finally, when we were so plugged in, we were doing so many things. Not that we were forced to do anything. We wanted to do these things. We wanted to be involved. Um, yeah, it never felt like a chore at all or like it just like we hated doing any of this stuff. And we so loved it. I just had this feeling that, you know, we were going to 
we were getting called somewhere else. I didn't know where. I didn't know what was happening. Um, in fact, I had been going through uh, ministry training uh, through uh, the Assemblies of God, um, through Minnesota, Minnesota School of Ministry. And I was finishing up my stuff, and I just, I just had the... Um, idea the feeling that you know we were going to be moving somewhere else i didn't know where um like i said but i just had that feeling when you started going to um ministry school it really scared me because you told me that you felt like you were being called to be a pastor and that you had had that call a long long time ago but had sort of like put it aside and hadn't really thought about it much until you had that had that opportunity so to me that I thought uh, well I don't have that call (laughs) glad for you but it's kind of a two for one I guess because he wanted to be a pastor and I'm like that's great I don't want to be a pastor's wife (laughs) it's just like I never thought of myself as being a pastor's wife before and so I it took me a while for me to get on board with that um with that call for Marcus and that that thought process and that um but I, I will say that because of my, my, my view of pastor's wives, just the way I grew up is that they're, you know, they don't do anything else besides being a pastor's wife. They don't have a job outside that. They um, are at every event at church. They, they dress a certain way. They talk a certain way. They do this. They do that. And that was just like my view of a pastor's wife growing up. And when we went to our church in Sartell and met the pastor's wife, she broke that mold for me because she is does not fit into any of those categories at all. She is her own person. Um, she loves the Lord. We we love her. She's a great a great woman. She leads. Um, she leads really well and she does do a lot of the quote unquote pastor duty pastor wife duties. But she also does her own things her own way and you know like the first time I saw her I'm like she's wearing jeans on stage can pastor's wives do that I mean that's really like the thought that came to my mind can they do that can they wear jeans on stage and yep she did so I was like okay well maybe pastor's wives can wear jeans on stage and well, it's okay right, they wore jeans in Vegas yeah but but I we didn't see that her, the pastor's wife that often on stage but the, our, the pastor's wife here in, in Sartell she plays piano on in the worship team so she's there every Sunday and wears jeans <laughs> so she just did things differently and I was like okay well maybe maybe a pastor's wife doesn't have to do all those things that I like preconceived um, stereotypes that I had of a pastor's wife so after I kind of reconciled that with myself, I became more okay with Marcus's um, calling and his his feelings of um, wanting to be a pastor at some point. It's not my call. I mean, well, I it's guess God. It, so yeah. you gotta you gotta fight that out with him. It was okay. it was it was not me. It was him. Um, but <laughs> we were we were. I was having this feeling that you know we were gonna be moving on to something else, um, and. You know, I guess real quick, hopefully, you know, we moved to Minnesota and because everyone to be closer to her family and subsequently they all moved away, um, except for her parents and one of her brothers, um, and and our grandparents passed away while we were in Minnesota, but we got, we were there. We have, we got to be there, um, for their final days, few years, um, that they're alive. And so that, that, that was, it was nice to be there, um, for them, um, and you know, Grandpa Carl passed away first, and then Grandma Elsie went a year later. Um, so we were able to be there um, to support um, them and the family. Um, April's mom did a lot of um, 
running around and helping them out. Um, but all these things converged to feel like it was time to do something else. Um, and around that time, um, the worship pastor, um, who was always on his phone at the um, <laughs> entry meeting, <laughs> um, him and his family and his, uh, they were um, there. That, and, and, uh, besides being the worship pastors, you know, they're musicians, so they have their own music. And then he owns a, a jewelry business. Um, they were starting to feel like they were moving on to something else. And initially they were just going to um, be traveling Musicians. Yeah, they're going to become part-time worship leaders at the church and then travel and um, hopefully do some recording of their music. And, and um, there was times where I would I was um, thinking, well, maybe I'm going to go, go be with them. Because growing up, I always thought it would be amazing to be... Um, play with Michael W. Smith and play on his, with his band. <laughs> I thought... I, I mean, I just... That would that was like a dream of mine growing up to play with a famous Christian artist, and um, later on I discovered that I possibly just had the wrong Michael because our worship pastor's name was Michael, and um, yes, yeah, so it was um, not worship pastor anymore, just pastor. Right. No, it's just pastor. <laughs> we'll but, get to that in a minute, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, I you know when they when they said they were possibly going to be leaving i was like uh no you cannot leave i am not ready to let you leave because he playing with him and his wife also um they are just um like marcus said amazing musicians and um i it's just i don't know unless you're a musician it's really weird but i have like this great connection with him musically like I can just, I know where he's going when he's leading music. He's a great leader, musician, musically. Um, and it's just so easy to play with him as he sings and plays whatever instrument he decides to play for the, <laughs> for the time, whether it's piano, guitar, or whatever, bass. Um, so when he said, we're thinking about leaving um, and, and doing this um, part-time thing. Oh, <laughs> thank you. There's his voice. <laughs> And the video was playing. Yeah. Anyways, um, it was, you know, that was, um, that was devastating for me. I'll just say it. I was just like, no, because I like, I like playing with you. And I don't think I can get used to a different worship pastor. And anyways, so that's kind of, um, that, that dream for them changed though. Um, and they had also had the dream of starting their own church. And so when they told us that, I remember them saying, Hey, we want to talk to you. And they, they pulled us into a back room, I think in between services one day. And we're like, and they started telling us about their dream and we were like, well, that's pretty cool. And they said, um, you should consider coming to Florida with us. And, and I think, I don't know if they were super serious or they're just kind of half joking or what but Marcus and I took that very seriously we're like Florida hmm that I mean it's probably in the middle of the winter when they told us that and Florida probably sounded really attractive and appealing at that time so we um we were like all right and we really didn't think much more about it for a while until they started to actually make those plans to leave so um they did end up leaving and they moved to um 
Destin, Florida to start Ocean's Church. And during that time, we did not go with them because I I was like, well, I don't feel like we can leave and move to a new place without having a job. And um, so we stayed in Minnesota for our seventh year. And during that time, we still hadn't made an official decision to move we, or, or still hadn't felt like the doors had been closed or opened in the right direction. And so um, we worked with a new worship pastor um, and, you know, there was days I was like, well, you're not Michael, so I'm not going to, I'll play, but I'm not, it was, <laughs> there was days I felt like, I you know, it was just, it was hard getting used to somebody new. But as the year went on, we grew to love the new worship pastor and his wife and his, their daughter and um, Caitlin loved their little girl that they had. And we, um, we just established a great friendship with these new people but still had that longing for the old people too I guess I mean I did I guess in the in ways but um but we were content we were just happy um and then we just we prayed about it a lot I I remember the first time they started talking about um the new church they were going to plant um in front of our church they handed out prayer cards and um I took that prayer card and I hung up it I hung it up in our bathroom and I just wrote the word pray on it and I you know so that every time I would walk by it I would pray and think and you know just ask God like God if this is something that you want for us if this is something that you want to do with our lives and for us to move then Lord you need to open the doors and you need to show us and make it really clear and really evident that this is um, going to be something that we that we do but um he did eventually <laughs> it took a while it seems like because once it once it finally happened it happened really i feel like it happened pretty fast and um there wasn't a ton of job openings um but um as the year was sort of going through and and um they were starting to have interest meetings marcus would you know fly down to florida and he i don't think you missed one interest meeting right this is just like they were just trying to get people interested in starting a church with them yeah and well it was great because it was cheap it was cheap to fly yeah i would great, fly from minneapolis flights. to new orleans and my sister-in-law lived in new orleans at the time so um sometimes i would stay with her and her husband for the night and then i would drive over to destin it was only a four-hour drive and sometimes caitlin went, came with me when she was um off school or something and it was i think it was four times but they were pretty good flights we would fly spirit and sometimes we would get like um 29 flights uh one Super way cheap so it'd be like 58 bucks round trip to fly from minneapolis to um new orleans and then i just rent a car and drive over and so came to a few interest meetings and they had a great group of people down here and um we started really creating relationships with some of these people because you would see them yeah, I'd see <laughs> every them month or so. Every month or so. Um, <laughs> like, oh, you're back. Where are you from again? And Minnesota. Then, <laughs> and it was nice. And I remember distinctly, I came down um, to Destin January of 2019, and it was 50 degrees in Destin, and it was negative 50 in Minnesota because the polar vortex was going through. And so the whole state was, was shut 2018. down. 2018. No, 2019. It was January 2019. Okay. Yeah. 
because they moved down here in the summer of oh, 2019. That's right. 20, um, yes, okay. So January 2019, and it was literally 100 degrees warmer. Yeah, I was at home by myself because it was like negative 50. Well, Caitlin was there. When the school was canceled. So <laughs> I was down days. there. And then he's in, he's in Florida. I came back home and I left my car at my in-law's house. And so I landed. I just had a sweatshirt on because that's what I took because I was going to Florida. And I got there and my father-in-law said, um, hey, it's so cold. The garage door is frozen. So I can't open the door to get your car out. So... Uh, my brother-in-law came and picked me up at the airport, and it's, it's, it's by then it warmed up a bit, so it was only minus 35. Um, <laughs> and I get in his car, and he says, "I apologize, but I don't have any heat." So I'm in his car, nothing <laughs> but a sweatshirt, minus 35, and that really solidified for me that it was time to get out of Minnesota because <laughs> it was too stinking cold. But um, April got an interview. Um, for a job and they talked to her and they said well we'll call you back in a few days yeah it was like a know. friday afternoon and then they called like 45 minutes later never had a never had a response for a job interview so fast and said, especially we want to hire you so um, that was when i knew i mean it was it was i really didn't get my hopes up and didn't really i really was like i just don't know you know and so i hadn't resigned from my st cloud job and um i mean i'd been talking to my coworkers about it. they kind of knew that you know this was possibly coming down the pipeline but it just there was not very many jobs where we wanted to move and so that was kind of like a big thing like you need a job so um yeah, yeah. That was because we came down to florida you and i yeah during your birthday for a job fair mm-hmm. and there was there was one job one school offering a music position and i think that that job got hired out or they were doing on-spot interviews and i think that somebody got an interview and got the job before i even had a chance to get to the table so yeah. <laughs> it happened very fast so. um so she got the job and mm-hmm. then now we had to find a place to live because this was may yeah and school was starting the first week of august yep. for her so then we had to find a place to live. So we were online looking, and we found the place. And they are like, well, we can't rent it to you unless somebody sees it. So Jamie drove over, looked at the place, took a video of it. We said, we'll take it. We packed up our house, said goodbye to our friends and family, and everything that we had sort of grown and built in St. Cloud. And we drove down to Florida. Mm-hmm. And moved into our house, and the first time we ever saw it is when we, the day we pulled up. In. Yeah, <laughs> um, and luckily it was a good place. Um, and so here we are. We're in Florida. Um, yep. We are. We're one year in. We're a little over a year in. Yep. We're at Ocean's Church. April is um, on the worship team, and instead of playing every other week, she plays every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of. Um, do the tech stuff so yeah um, we I just kind of transferred our, our volunteer jobs right to a yeah. different new church so I, <laughs> I, I run the live stream um, for our church you can check us out on Facebook Oceans Church FL and uh, every Sunday we do a org well not on Facebook Oh. On Facebook, it's just Ocean's Church FL. Yes, the website I was thinking. And right. we do a live, so we broadcast a live service there, 9 o'clock, 1045 a.m. every Sunday. 
and you can see what's going on there. Um, Caitlin is involved with the church. She's in junior high now. She keeps growing, um, <laughs> but she helps out with the kids. Yeah, she does um, daycare. That daycare. She does nursery does on nursery. Sundays. She helps with the kids, so we're all doing something at Ocean's Church. Yep. Um, I am not a pastor. Currently. <laughs> Currently. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one day, somewhere, someplace, sometime. That, that call is still on your heart. <clears throat> um, but we just, we're here. Um, we're doing what um, we feel uh, we're supposed to be doing. I still work in real estate. April is still a teacher. Yep. Um, so some things never change. We um, just we just transferred our um, our lives from the snow to the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, and I will take the beach any day and we live, of the week. Even though we I don't go to the beach that much. Less than 10 minutes away from... Um, a beach and yep. it is the most gorgeous and beautiful beach that you will ever see white sand and blue shiny water and oh you won't get sick of the palm trees ever <laughs> yeah. so, we love it here we love it here so this is where we are um that's our story in a three episode nutshell <laughs> i'm sure there's a ton that we missed but those are some of the highlights i guess that of our marriage and where we are i mean we haven't talked about you know how we fight and how we make up and how we get along but <laughs> those, those are future are, episodes those are future episodes that's coming but that's just sort of in case you were wondering who these people are that that have this crazy podcast called The Relationship Burrito. Yeah. I don't know. So, so um, once again, I just want to get in my my plugs. If you're in Sartell, you need a church, go to the waters. If you're down in the Florida Panhandle area, you need a church, come over to Oceans. And if you got some extra money um, to help some hungry kids or to help an organization feed some hungry kids so they don't have to spend the weekends or long breaks without food, go to stcloudfact.org. That's S-T-C-L-O-U-D-F-A-C-T dot org. And $20 will feed uh, one child for an entire month. You can do a reoccurring gift and they'll just uh, draw it out um, monthly and you don't even have to worry That's about it. a few it. less Starbucks it's, it's one less drink a week one less Starbucks drink a week yeah. and you can help um, feed a hungry child yeah. um, who really needs it um, yep. like I said um, four four three three schools in the St. Cloud area have about an 85% free or reduced lunch population which means those kids are eating at school and a lot of them are only eating at school so if you can help please help out and keep that organization going and helping them help the community. So, that is This Is Us. What you got? Um, I was just going to ask you, what was one good thing that happened to you this week? Um, the good thing that happened um, this week, well, I guess, well, there's two. One, um, by the time you hear this, it's probably be gone, but there's a hurricane in the area once again it's over in new orleans mississippi area but we're getting we're on the eastern end of it so we're getting some of the wind and rain and so the good thing is it's not over here because (laughs) we had hurricane sally about five weeks ago and they just 
finished cleaning up and doing all the repairs yeah. from that. And so we didn't want to have to do with that. Everywhere so pray for the people of uh, New Orleans, Mississippi, as they're. Um, I think they're enduring their fifth hurricane this year. Having already. to deal with that. The good thing, I guess, about this one is it's moving much faster than Sally. Well, Sally only moved about two miles an hour. This is moving about 24 miles an hour. So it should get through them fairly quickly um, yeah. and be over by tomorrow afternoon. You hear the wind howling outside. Yep, for you sure. hear the wind. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is um i get to do my sleep study um <laughs> so i can sleep properly um i had a sleep i had a, a cpap machine uh for six years and then it decided to stop working and silly me thinking well i've already got one i'll just go to the doctor and they'll just give me another one well no to retake your test insurance says i have to take another sleep study but i have to take a home sleep study so i took a home sleep study and they said, hey, you don't have sleep apnea anymore. And I said, that's not possible. It's not something you grow out of. And so I talked to a friend of mine who's a doctor, and he concurred with me and said, that's not something you grow out of. Um, he you, is a doctor of he, sleep yeah, studies. Yeah, so he knows. <laughs> that's his job. Um, so he said, you should go back and ask, tell them that you need a in clinic Person. study yeah um and the doctor when i did it the first time he said you know i don't like to do home studies because they're not very accurate uh, but insurance says we have to do that so they did it they didn't show anything so i contacted the doctor again said i need to do an in-clinic study finally uh they got that approved so i will be doing that tomorrow um and hopefully in the next month because these things take time i will have a new cpap machine and i will be able to sleep through the night and sleep properly you'll feel like a new man and all of those things you won't be so cranky i'm just kidding i am not cranky <laughs> see i know how to i know how to get on marcus's skin <laughs> i'm just kidding so what's your good thing Okay, I'm just going to say, is it okay that I don't have a good thing? Like, last week, I'm just going to be honest and real, authentic. I think that's what people want to hear, right? I had a horrible nope. week last week. I, there was really... I was thinking hard. Like, there was... I mean, here's here's the good thing. I survived. <laughs> okay? So, <laughs> that was my good thing. I it's I, I just can't even, like, sum up my, my thoughts and my words about being a teacher this year. It's just not ideal. And um, because of Hurricane Sally, my drive, they it took out a bridge. So, well... The hurricane didn't take out a bridge, but a bunch of barges took out the bridge I drove on, and so my drive is now longer. And just you know, there's just I'm, I try to find the good in all these things, but it last week was not a good week for me. I just I struggled. I had I had a meltdown. I'll, I'll say I'll admit to that. Um, and um, I, I maybe took out my my frustrations and my tiredness on out on some people, and thankfully well, that's been smoothed out. And I've you we know, all have that. Yeah, I mean, it just and it wasn't intentional, but I just didn't fe- I didn't feel good last week. It just was a rough week. So I'm just being honest. I didn't. There was not when I started to think of like what was good last week. Um, nothing. I really didn't. I didn't have a good week. So I am praying. I mean, I'll tell you today. I had an hour. I got out of school an hour early because of this hurricane, and so. For for me, that was the highlight of this week so far is that I had one less hour of school. Um, and but, you don't have school tomorrow. And school has been canceled tomorrow because they just don't know what the impacts are going to be from um, from this hurricane. Yeah. So they, they, I still don't know because it's still going on. So now, April teaches in a different district than, than Caitlin attends where mm-hmm. we live. And so the district we live in has school tomorrow, which means Caitlin <laughs> has school tomorrow. 
But April doesn't have school tomorrow, so she is not excited she about that. Bummed. She's like, Will you let me know if we have school tomorrow? I'm like, here's the deal. If you don't have school, I won't wake you up. So if we wake you up at six fifteen in the morning or six forty five or what five forty five. Five forty five, sorry. Uh tomorrow you'll know that you have school. So she's holding out hope. But I think that they're gonna be heading to school. I mean it would probably be like major power outages that would probably cancel school for the kids. But yeah. so far we we've had our lights flicker a couple times, but so far it's been it's been okay. So yeah. Anyways, right. so that is us, and we will be coming with you next week with a new topic, and we will we will announce that next week. We are still working on some some ideas and some new content for you, but we will have a new and exciting episode for you next week. Out, out so. All right, so in the meantime and in between time, have a good week, out, and out we will the- see you next week. All right, bye. Out, out for the...